Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening. And please, enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. My name is Dave. I am not your host. I just like the sound of my own voice. This week, joining me, we have our actual host, Mike. Yellow. Craig. Hi, yo. And Tori. Hello, Internet. We start every week with a good thing. So, Craig, good me up. Was, was that planned? Because that was pretty good. Yeah, these things happen when you step away from your computer for like five minutes. <laughs> um... This week, my good thing will be this nice, heart-touching movie that was made by this little company that you might have heard called Pixar, which is a subset of Disney, and it's called Isn't Inside it, Out. Aren't they all? <laughs> oh, that's aren't a good they one. all? Um, Inside Out, only because my my friends and my wife are currently watching it, and I'm like, this movie. Nice. So it's about the, the inner emotions that a person has. It's it's the perspective uh as if these emotions were actual characters inside your head controlling you and how you feel and things like that and and what happens um the the girl that they control is, has moved from Minnesota to San Francisco and it's sort of like you got to say it like Minnesota what you got to say it like Minnesota i'm not even going to try i'm from the east coast i can't i can't <laughs> do a midwest accent actually minnesota itself is like very very uh unique just start with a don't you know and then go from there. It's it sort of flows. <laughs> right. So anyway, it's if you haven't seen it, it's actually a very nice uh touching movie and uh highly recommended. Not my favorite Pixar movie is Wally though. That's still my favorite. Although same, the, same, same. The recent uh movie Soul was actually really good. Like I I didn't expect it would be that good. So uh you know what? Just just go watch some Pixar movies cuz most of the time they're pretty good. All right. My favorite My part good... of Inside Out Oop. is the the cat brain. The cat... <laughs> I like the dad yes. brain. Yeah, I like the parents' brain. Their their emotion is pretty silly. But the cat brain. Oh, one and the, the cat is paying gum. attention, and then one triple walks across the gum. console. Mm, okay, I guess that's that. Uh, my good thing this week is La Mulana Two, a continuation of my good thing from two weeks ago. It is the sequel. There's new DLC, which I know nothing about, because I'm still doing my first playthrough of La Mulana 2. In this game, you play as uh, Professor Lamisa's daughter, Lumisa, and she's a better ninja, because she can grab ladders while she's jumping. Uh, so, a, f- a few different physics changes, which I can take or leave. The games are kind of designed around uh, their, their physics and jumping rules and stuff, so they're different. I wouldn't say one is better than the other. Uh, it is it definitely eases you into the game and is more tutorially in the beginning than La Mulana 1. It's basically like the intro of La Mulana 2 is the equivalent to reading the instruction manual of La Mulana 1, I would say. Uh, but yeah, it's really fun. Uh, pretty similar in puzzle solvingness, maybe a little less vague with the clues, but who knows? Some only a handful of zones in and. We'll see how my playthrough goes. You can check it out on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash crossproduct. Like the math function, but all one word. And yeah, if you like seeing me bang my head against stupid puzzles and troll spike 
trap door thingies over and over again and dying constantly, then that's the stream you should watch this week. And being told how to solve puzzles by chat. Yep. Are they still doing that? Chat. <laughs> I haven't had uh, I haven't had any trouble in chat uh, for La Mulana 2. It, maybe it's more common in La Mulana 1. There's just people just champing at the bit waiting to uh, give out spoilers in La Mulana 1. It's, it's not as common in 2, perhaps. By the way, the, the saying champing at the bit, it is champing. It's not chomping. But champing is just another way of saying chomping. So if you say chomping at the bit and someone tries to correct you, just be like, dude, chomping means champing. So did you mention uh, how it compares to La Mulana 1? Like, which one did you enjoy better so far? Well, I'm only, I've only scratched the surface of La Mulana 2 so far. I guess I like La Mulana 1 better because I'm more familiar with it at the moment. Uh, but La Mul- And yeah, La Mulana 2 uh, uses a little more like lewdness in the sense of humor than La Milana one did even early on. I was just kind of like, yeah, ha, ha. real clever guys. Um, but it's still, there are like some really cool things about La Milana too. Like every monster, like every single enemy in the game has a bestiary entry. So you get like the little eight bit version of the monster plus like a more detailed artwork in the bestiary, which is like, which is a super neat. Um, but yeah, I would say I, I, too early to say i prefer one over the other but um i guess la mulana one just because i have a fuller experience with it than la mulana two so far but time will tell okay mike what's your good thing uh my good thing this week is a video game called subnautica wait Uh, wait i've heard of that (laughs) wait are you serious yeah i picked it up for the switch it came in a two-pack of subnautica and subnautica below zero and I'm not oh, very man. far into the game, but it's delightful. Isn't it? It's super safe, and you're just exploring this nice little lagoon in an ocean world, and That's nothing right. bad happens ever. Yep, just stay in your nice little pocket of safety, and you're fine. Air pocket. Oh, touching up on Subnautica and previous good things, I was finally caught up on previous episodes. And uh, Mike, do we have an ETA on when your Legendarium green screen episode comes out? Uh, it already did some time ago. I thought I mentioned it. Oh, excellent. I remember I def- Craig getting hyped for Subnautica Below Zero and then not actually talking about it when it came out. Uh, I definitely posted about it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll we'll scour the intercodes. I mean, I can repost it. it. I will say it. Below yeah. Zero only took me 15 hours, whereas the first Subnautica game, um, I think the playthrough the first time was a good maybe 30 hours, and I've sunk a total of 133 hours into the first game, so read into that what you will. Subnautica is excellent. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't read on this podcast. Excuse me. <laughs> Listen into <laughs> what you wish of that. Oh, man. I never read a single book in my life. But uh, yeah, how's the Switch version, Mike? It runs pretty well. Yeah, runs just fine. Um, I I looked up comparisons uh, before I spent money on it, and yeah, so like apparently compared to um, the other console versions, the Switch has toned down graphics, which I can't really tell. I haven't played the other console versions. Everything looks right, great. So it'll be a lower resolution, but that's not too. Yeah. And like it's on the Switch screen because I never. I'm sure it still looks very pretty. It does. It's gorgeous. It's a very colorful it's a game. Beautiful game. But yeah, that's as far as I can tell. That's the only real like difference in versions is just this one has toned down graphics slightly. 
Like, honestly, on games that people really need to experience, I think Subnautica, Terraria, and, like, Minecraft are, like, the top. Ooh, like, I was listening to Terraria soundtrack while working out today. Nice. I can't All picture right. that as workout music. I oh. mean, I don't work out that hard. <laughs> Sorry, I think I eclipsed your current playthrough because I already beat the game. <laughs> yeah, sounds like. Oops. If you need advice, though, I can give it. So, Subnautica is pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, Tori, what's your good thing? The Very Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carl. Um, nice. At the time of recording, we we Eric Carl just passed away this past week, and uh, so everybody was reminiscing about his books. I love Eric Carl's books, basically all of them, because I love the art style with the the colors and the animals. Like watercolors. Like, like, like little... Like yeah. he, he does... I don't know exactly how he did it. It was like a combination of collage and watercolor, or I'll, I'll have to look that up sometime, I'm sure. I, but... I remember your fan art <laughs> on your whiteboard at work. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, that happened. <laughs> Um, but Very Hungry Caterpillar has always been one of my favorite picture books. It was the first picture book I remember having read to me at a library story time uh, when I was all grown up and I had my very first paycheck uh, as a librarian. I spent part of it on a copy of that book. I had never owned it before um, because I, I was poor and it's it was kind of an expensive book at the time. Um, the way it's printed with the holes in it, you know, that drove up the cost somewhat back in the 80s. And um, and when I became a children's librarian and did my very first story time, I did The Very Hungry Caterpillar. So um, it's got a it's got a place in my heart and I, I love it. And, you know, if you if you haven't picked it up in a while or if you haven't picked it up at all, then um, now's a good time. Excellent. I don't think I've read that book since kindergarten, to be honest. So maybe I should buy a copy and get back into it. Yes. I'm sure at some point I'll own a copy if you want to borrow it. <laughs> I don't currently. You have a, a tiny baby and you don't have a copy? I don't think so. I don't this actually know what book we own anymore. Oh my gosh, Craig. I need to take a picture of the bookshelf for you sometime, Tori. That, that is the book that I give to everyone at baby showers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Is it on the registry? Do baby showers have registries? Sometimes they do, but yeah. I ignore that because I, I don't like. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to shop for all of those things. I, I'm just gonna order a book from a bookstore because that's where my comfort level is. Yeah. If they're if you're not like if you don't know what to get, registries are useful. But like if you already have an idea, then you're good to go. Non-newborn size diapers are like, what the heck do I buy? Non-newborn size diapers. Yeah, everybody buys true. newborn size. They grow out of that like in a week. Go a couple sizes up. Diapers are always appreciated, and it's okay if you buy a two or a three because they will get used. Just just putting it out so, there into the universe. If you need a gift for a a baby shower, non-newborn sized diapers. Like I want to interject. I know we're still sort of in Tori's good thing, but when our my baby was born, I mean she was premature, but she she still came out over five pounds. Um, so we were using newborn diapers for probably about a month total. But someone sent us preemie diaper. Like she was already well beyond the size of that, and like by the time we got that, 
like a month after she was born, we got the preemie diapers in the mail. And it's sort of like, what are we going to do with these? So, yeah, don't don't buy preemie diapers. Just just go for like ones or twos. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Caterpillars. That was the good thing. Anything else about caterpillars? <laughs> uh, I hear they are rather voracious. Cool. All right, then moving on. Uh, me, I believe I read some chapters this week. Why, yes, I did. Uh, this week we are going to discuss chapters three and four of Magic Cowboy Psych by Brandon Sanderson. So that was the bit that I was really hoping letting Dave handle the intro for was going to happen, and it worked exactly the way I was hoping it would, <laughs> and it was perfect. Um, but yeah, we pretty much have all of the elements of Psych here. We've got the official law team. We have a guy with supposed, but in this case, actual magic powers uh, working outside of the normal infrastructure of the law. And he has a sidekick and he has a maybe, maybe not love interest that works for the law enforcement. And we even have a Lassiter. Uh, like, this is actually just psych at this point. Like the steampunk edition. <laughs> steampunk psych. So we went Except the guy and... actually has magic powers. We went from Batman to Psych. Is that yeah. a step up? <laughs> is that so is better? That like the mental, is the mentalist, is he actually real? I don't know. Psych makes fun of the mentalist, so I don't know anything about the mentalist aside from what Psych says. I know I like Psych better than Batman, but... <laughs> hmm. okay. So I can't really decide who's Sean and who's Gus. I just, I think that like Wax plus Wayne equals Sean plus Wait. Gus, but it breaks down a little differently. Wax is totally well. Okay. Oh, he doesn't have the goofiness. But he's though, got like right. the talent. Like he's got the observational skills of Sean, right. but he has more of the poison demeanor of Gus. Yeah, Whereas like yeah. Wayne definitely has more of a Sean personality. Yep. But he also like is the guy actually getting stuff done, like Gus. <laughs> like so we right. Took Sean and Gus. We mixed them up. Put them in a blend. Distilled them into Wax and Wayne. Sure. Nice. Uh yeah, and then we've got. Uh, Marasi is Jules, and Reddy is Lassie, and they even have, like, the same name, almost. And Chief is Chief. Come on. All right. Uh, chapter 3 of Shadows of Self by Brandon Sanderson. Okay, so right off, we get an early payoff with a Wayne perspective. Woo! So this is how Mel Blanc hones his technique. You didn't get to wear new clean clothing by doing honest work. Well, what about wax? extortion and apples mark's got uh, and then we switch over to marasi can marasi and wax have a professional relationship now that she's not infatuated with him asterisk mark's get sniped marasi forgot to eat her cadmium club sandwich for lunch and hostage negotiation and negotiation is in question marks i mean a quotation <laughs> that's a quotation mark not question marks uh, so we start off with a good old Wayne, Wayne chapter, Wayne half chapter, and Wayne is going around learning how to pick up accents from the, I don't know if slums is the right word, but the, the neighborhood that um, is going to protect Marks. So he's going to pick up the accent to try to act like a local and be like kind of a local that's from within them, but also kind of rebellious, rebelling against their, like, no-snitching policy. And he kind of overtly acts like he wants to 
uh, sellout marks to get this old guy, uh, Serial Bowl or whatever his name was, to go and, you know, warn marks or whatever. So then he follows Serial Bullhead and, uh, yeah. And then he uses his uh, cad, not cadmium, uh, Bendeloy Alamancy, making some time bubbles to go in and knock out marks and jump out a window with him. And all this time, Marasi and Wax are interrogating people, trying to find Marks, like, Where, where's Marks? Where's Marks? And they're like, we, we don't know nothing. And then suddenly Wayne shows up with Marks in the bag. And also there's apples. He's, he's, he, uh, he picked up a bunch of bruised apples that are kind of tasty, but, you know, they're worth a trade. She can probably trade them for something later. And the next half of Chapter 3, we get Marasi and... It's kind of like, there's this kind of weird thing. So they had like a sort of, oh, maybe they would have been romantic. But then like, she's a little jealous of Steris, but then also like kind of getting over it. And she's like, but she really, but like what she really wants, she just wants Wax to treat her like a colleague, like another, another law keeper and treat her professionally. Uh, you know, and then uh, some snipers shoot Marks. He was in the bag and now he's tagged. and. Marasi's like, oh, yeah, like that song by Fish. And now it's like, oh, I don't know. I didn't, oh, would it would be great to have some cadmium on me right now. Whatever, baddie. Oh, you know what, though? Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so it it's kind of more of a risk for Marasi to uh, swallow cadmium because uh, you have to burn the metals in your stomach you know, if they're poisonous, right? You don't want to accidentally physically digest them. And <laughs> it might put her at a disadvantage to be burning cadmium, which also I think burns slowly compared to bendeloy. So it's like, yeah, the pure metals burn more slowly as a general rule. And I think cadmium. Well, right? so the big thing is that was more for a misborn because you're taking a set of metals and some of them could be poisonous and some of them might be fine. Um, so for cadmium in particular, I found a, a cadmium toxicity report. So it looks like cadmium is not something you really want in your body. So yeah, that <laughs> have to be one of the ones you have to burn off. Yeah, so she would want to, if she swallowed cadmium, she'd want to burn it, which uh, might put her at a disadvantage, but it might keep her young for longer. So, you know, it has advantages and disadvantages. But at any rate, she'd be kind of forced to burn the cadmium. So she may or may not want to, go into every situation with a store already in her stomach but she should at least keep some on her every night you have to like speed through like a couple hours like well i don't get to sleep tonight (laughs) basically Uh, i mean i think she should be prepared and have access to the cadmium not necessarily swallow it a vial but not maybe yeah exactly yeah it's it's a difficult metal to know if yeah so i I understand the trade-off of of uh you know swallowing it before you know you're going to need it, but should at least have it. So a little bit of uh, inexperience on Marasi's part here. Uh, what's hostage negotiation? I don't remember that. Oh, she shot some dude in the face. Yeah, hostage negotiation. The question marks are for bullet points. And that's the end of chapter three. Am I doing this? This or why do you? Any? Are you asking yourself the questions? Is that what you mean? I Does anybody have any uh, else have any comments on Chapter 3? No. Craig? No. Tori? What a twist. Also no. Okay. I saved my comments for spoiler time. That is not a twist. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, chapter four. Me, what did me read in chapter four? All right, let's go. Bullet points. What? Constable Reddy, who I only remember from the first book because I called him Reddit, uh, but he's basically the Lassiter, as we've discussed. Wax is outside the constabulary command, constabulary command structure, like Sean and Gus. Oh, yeah, that Marsh book. The Governor's Brothers auction. Next scene. Marasi also prefers 4chan over Reddit. Isn't Aridel that Condra? Ballroom crime scene. No, not the hats. Aridel has no noble blood in him, just noble bones. Oh, maybe Breton was the Condra. Lots of dead criminals. We can take the month off. Winsting innate's corpse in the safe room. How ironic. Steel runners. Winsting trusted his murderer, it seems. Prepare for a storm. End of part. So we had a very short part one in this book, but I guess it's... Maybe I'm so just in... Clarify. I'm shifting away from stormlight mode, I guess. So maybe it's not that short. So I can clarify, Breton was um, Tensoon. Like, specifically Tensoon. Right, the guy that... Okay, the guy that... Uh, retired and yeah okay because right. later when it talks about Breton and how he retired i was like that's right because i think tensoon was the retired guy i wonder if tensoon's actually still holding his bones or if it's just like well he's retired so we don't need to we could just pretend he doesn't exist anymore i don't know we'll see but if Breton shows up i'll know it's a conjurer and we know it's not ursur because he did and yeah your i guess perspective on this is skewed by just coming in from a stormlight book mistborn books are average to long fantasy books stormlight books are very very long fantasy books they're called epics mike epochs yes that's how long they take to read <laughs> because you need the epoch from chrono trigger to have enough time to read them also shout outs to Aradial, our buddy joe uh i think he's like kind of a hanger on of the podcast i'm not sure but um we know him from twitch Aradial. because every time i read aridel i read it as Aradial. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Eel. What's up? I think he, he pops in once in a while on the streams, I think, but I'm not allowed to look at chat. Uh, He doesn't usually pop up for the podcast. Okay. But he, he pops up, you know. He lives in Minnesota. All right. Um, But he doesn't talk like... Okay, so I guess the one of the big, the big things in the first part was that uh, Wax is mentioning, or he quotes, I don't remember, he quotes something or he thinks about something from the book that Iron Eyes gave him, which, like, going back to last week, he was reading something, and I was like, what's he reading? Well, guys, what's he reading? And I was like, it should have been just so blatant, and I just completely forgot about this book that uh, Marsh gave him through Marassi. Right? Marsh gave it to Marassi to give to, Mar to, give to Wax, right? Correct. That was the okay. end of uh, Alloy. Yeah, yeah. Morassi so, gave it to yeah, Wayne probably... to give to Wax, to give to Marsh, to give to Vin. Vin? Yeah. Vin's okay. dead, so the... but Marsh is death, so, you know, clearly he can do that. You just made so... me think of Emperor's New Grove. And then I will put that box in another box, and I will mail the box to myself, and when it arrives, I'll smash it with that! I was about to cut in with the poison. The poison for Cusco. Cusco's poison. The poison <laughs> chosen especially for Cusco. Dude, that movie's so good. Can that be I my love other Patrick Warburton. Oh, it's always a good thing for all of us. I think. Like it turned out, I heard about the development of it. It it like it had such a rocky development, and yet it turned out to be such a fun movie. I think it had a good cast. Well, it was supposed to be like standard Disney musical, and then they cut most of the music. 
and turn it into <laughs> Looney Tunes. Yeah, okay. And then mm, the Chef Kiss, which is exactly what the meme comes from, is what that, you get. That's the movie I watch when I've just had enough. Like when I'm when I'm sad or upset, and it's like, no, no, it's time for Emperor's New Groove. Just everybody go away. This is what I'm doing now. This is what okay, you bye. watch when someone has thrown off your groove. Exactly. Someone, someone in chat asked, "Does this make Kronk ween?" And speaking of throwing off our groove, I threw off the podcast. I'm sorry, Dave. What were you <laughs> I was going to say the Emperor's new groove is how Tori got her groove back. Yes. All right. Chapter four. Uh, all right. So this book, it's the one from Iron Eyes. I didn't write down the quote from the book or whatever. I don't know. I was just like, oh, yeah, that thing he was reading two chapters ago that should have been obvious was probably that. Uh, so Marasi wants to report into police chief Aridel. Who's like not noble born and it can only rise to the rank of interim chief, just like in Psych, until later on when, spoiler alert, she gets promoted to chief, which doesn't effectively change anything about the show whatsoever. Um, but for a long time, she's interim chief, just like Aridel, because he's not yep, noble and he can't get promoted any further. Um, Why did it take so long for her to be made chief anyway? Like, what are they dragging their heels for? I don't even like she nothing even changed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the show was exactly the same after she got promoted. <laughs> it was like one it was like one scene that lasted like two minutes and they had like a cake or something. <laughs> I don't even remember. You watch Psych more frequently than I do, everybody in this podcast. Nope. Maybe think, maybe not Tori. Yeah. I haven't watched it at all, so Definitely Tori. Craig and <laughs> It's so good though. But just imagine, like, episode, just imagine Shadows of Self about the Allomancy. There you go. So, yeah. Except someone pretends to have Allomancy. <laughs> it, it was more like Furukami. I think he would have observation mind. You mean compromise? Yeah, because he does go long periods of time being stupid, so he must be filling his mind. <laughs> See? <There you> go. <laughs> Dude. That's the new meta. That's the lore right there. Can we just have fan art of Sean and Gus wearing the outfits of Wax and Wayne from the cover of uh, Alloway Vault? Speaking of, I, I looked at my cover again this week, and there's another thing they got wrong on the cover, and that is that Wayne is supposed to be taller than Wax. Okay, hold on. Let, let a little hunched over. He's a little hunched over, but not that much. What if? And he's in the back. What if that's not Wayne? It could be Marassi. I mean, she's on the cover of this book. <laughs> so okay. anyway, uh, Marasi shoots a guy in the face, and that's the end of chapter four, three. Chapter so four is Psych officially is Psych officially part of the Cosmere now? Nah, it's a it's, it's a parallel universe. Look, if we have Fortnite now, we can have Psych. Because <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> Fortnite is not according to Brandon, but he has way higher standards than we do. <laughs> Yourself. I just have to go along with it, but I'm with Brandon on this one. Yeah, I guess that's that was news this week at the time of the recording was the, the Mistborn in Fortnite. Yeah, there's a Kelsier skin available for Fortnite, except the Mistcloak doesn't look anything like I imagine a Mistcloak to look like, or like any cosplayer I've ever seen has imagined a Mistcloak to look like. Yeah, it wasn't tattered enough. There, there weren't enough of those ribbons. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It looks exactly like the one fan art I looked at. Uh, I see a lot of people in the uh, Cosmere um, subreddit. They usually they'll make, you know, mist cloaks. And it's usually like very ribbony. Like if you do a search for mist cloak, you see a lot of people cosplaying. 
as a Mistborn. I have no idea what the Fortnite one looks like, but uh, there's a yeah. picture of it in our Discord in the Creme Post channel. The Creme Post. Well, I, I do appreciate the uh, Rota Eldorado theme there. Oh yeah, it's just a couple rid- ribbons. Like I see what they're going for, but it's not it's not ribbony. It's just like eh, Bro, it's a nod you... in that direction. We can't we can't be killing people's GPUs. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is like they probably went for the design that required the least um, GPU. It's like one tenth the number of. <laughs> All right. So next scene, Marassi also prefers Four Chan over uh, Constable Reddit. Uh, isn't uh, okay. Ballroom. So they get to the ballroom hey, crime finish. scene. You mentioned that she shot. That was chapter GPU. three. Come on. All right. This is chapter oh, okay, four. Sorry. So they they get to the ballroom crime scene from the prologue chapter, and there's just all of these hats have tumbled off of their heads and fallen to the ground, and it's just the saddest scene that Wayne could imagine. Uh, they do the Aridal stuff, Breton, dead criminals, uh, and they're like, "Oh man, look at all these dead crime lords. This is great. We don't. We've been trying to chase these guys down for years, and now we can just." chill and like well there's a big shift in the balance of power so that's kind of not a good thing they make it down to winston the governor's brother his uh safe room and he did so wasn't that safe after all uh they mentioned that the killer or killers may have been steel runners which are are uh pretty rare they're they're the ferrochemical fast boys and like the hedgehogs <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so when like Sonic is like walking uphill and is like struggling just to make it a couple inches, that's him filling his steel mines. I get it. Ahem. Says it the hedgehog. <laughs> also that one um who's the guy? Steel Inquisitor. That one Steel Inquisitor from Hero of Ages, like in the beginning when he was going super fast and like made it really obvious that they were using Farukami. Uh I don't think Oh, he that got reminds me. Uh, Karn? No, Carr was from the first book. I was thinking of Richard Karn. Yeah, Carr. Carr was the dude that killed Vin's brother. Yeah, he was the we're, head inquisitor until Marsh Klingon promotioned himself. <laughs> Klingon promotion. Just like Duras. Or was it Galron? I can't remember which one was Galron and which one was Duras. Duras was the one with the two sisters, right? Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, Steel Runners. So... That that reminds me, okay, so the thing that the book is actually talking about is using hemallergy for, like, using hemallergy for good, and I'm not sure if the book is written by Marsh or just passed down by him, but someone is making an argument to Harmony to say, like, hey, look, hemallergy is powerful, someone's going to use it, we better use it for good before someone uses it for evil. That's kind of, like, the take... Uh, that I'm getting from this Marsh book. And like, just like Journey Before Destination, man. Just like Hey Arnold, Gerald's Brothers Hippie Movies, and Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. So, yeah. Hemallergy is definitely going to be somewhere in this book because we're already talking about it in part one. And yeah, they've assumed that the the murder of Winston was an inside job and killing all the other guys, probably some outsider coming in to take power in the underbelly of Elendel. And we got to prepare for a storm, just like some other book I just read. And that's the end of part one. Yeah. 
So they're already talking about heme allergy, huh? Yep. Just like, I mean, I was talking about heme allergy in Alloy of Law. And it's kind of like, it was the thing that I thought that Mr. Suit was, or whatever, his Illuminati or whatever, that they were like kind of going after. And they they don't mention it whatsoever in Alloy of Law, but um, now like Wax is suspecting his uncle of going after heme allergy. You're saying Wax my, finally my, caught up to you. Yeah. Nice. He should have he should have used his speed bubble. He should have read the book in the first place, Wax. <laughs> he should have read the first trilogy. He should have read Arrow One. Or he could have listened to the podcast. He should have yeah, watched man. the made for TV movie that's out on VHS before the movie gets released. Nah, he's just gonna go play Fortnite. So I have a question. How yeah, that's soothing... all the Cosmere lore you need is Fortnite. What's up, Craig? How soothing do you think Sazed's voice is, and do you think he'd be an excellent audiobook uh, speaker. Uh, that's Corey's realm want, of expertise. If you want Error One, that's you'd be listening to Sazed, you know, recited if you want the audio version. Just pop in your meditation earring, open a book, and be like, hey, Sazed. <laughs> Will you read me a story? <laughs> if his voice, I think it could be pretty soothing. Like, So it's a higher pitch because he's a eunuch. Um, I think it's mentioned specifically that he has a higher pitched voice, but I think it could be smooth. Oh, yeah. The meditation earring. There was hemallergy in book one, but they just don't know it. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Wax doesn't know it. And because we get everything from Wax's perspective. Yeah. Well, we know like they mention earring. You're like earring. I know all about that from Arrow. No, it's more the fact that Harmony speaks directly into his mind. Yeah. Okay. I guess that it's just an ear over the head with. (laughs) Like, and... the earring could be symbolic, but then when you get to the part where it's, like, obviously Harmony's speaking directly to him, then, like, okay, hemallergy. And that he got given the earring by some random stranger on a train. Just like that Alfred Hitchcock movie, Snakes on a Plane. Hitchcock part of the Cosmere, confirmed. Nah. All right. Uh, anything else? I'll nope. take that as uh, nothing. All right, then. I think this Will of Ascension has run dry. Dave is going. Play the thing. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right, spoiler time. Why, who are you, narrator? Where did you come from? Do you want to do the the hosting no. next week, Craig? No, I don't. Okay. Don't don't pick me. How about you, Tori? You wanna you wanna tag in here? I mean I already did that one time when you lost your voice, remember? Sure. And you did yeah, a great job. Good, yeah. You wanna do it again? Sure. Okay. Next week. Look Man, forward I'm to have it. To take a turn, aren't I? Only if you want to. It would be nice to be included. And you can see how badly I do it. It'll be great. <laughs> oh yes, comedy gold. Spoilers, I'm gonna get all the things wrong. <laughs> anyway, what's going on? Uh, strangers distributing earrings on trains is no basis for a system of government. Mm, yes. Maybe. Help, help, I'm being repressed. I don't know. I could go either way with that one. I already it looped... Depends on how discerning they are on picking which strangers get the earrings. Okay, so this week, to the Cosmere universe, we have added Fortnite, Psych, Spaceballs, uh, and... I thought, I thought we already added Spaceballs. 
I don't think we added Spaceballs. I think we added something else, Mel Brooks. When did we add Spaceballs? What did I miss? Just now, when I was talking about the made-for-TV VHS. Oh, right. And then, yeah, um, Monty Python. Hitchcock. And Hitchcock. I think Hitchcock was already part of it. Uh, anyway, Craig, we're in spoiler time. Spoil. That's yeah, I'm just you. addressing something in our spoiler discussion. Um, I think specifically the hemallergy. Uh, so we were discussing hemallergy because, of course, it was brought up. Um, I think specifically hemallergy is of ruin. And so that is his form of investiture and how it would manifest itself. So I think, yeah, that's just something to keep in mind when it comes to hemallergy. We're probably not going to see it used off of Scadrill right now. But I suspect it's going to be of huge importance as you move to the future, um, assuming other people get access to these spikes. And Ruin could have had frozen yogurt at, as his investiture. Well, like, hang on. There's no Ruin now. There's just Harmony. And like right. Dave was saying, uh, this hemallergy exists and someone's going to use it. So we might as well use it before the bad guys use it. So maybe the good guys use it. Except the bad guys think they're the good guys. Yeah. Um... Well, the problem is how you use it. Maybe if they do more research, because I'm not convinced you have to... Well, okay. Right now, the only way to make hemallergic spikes that they know of is that you have to spike someone through the heart. Murder! Um, And where the spike is applied to the receiver determines which type of investiture is unlocked. So where the spike as is of applied. right now... What? It's very unlikely for Team Good Guys to use hemallergy. Where the spike, where the spike is applied, what metal it is, and what power the person who got spiked had. There are a ton of leftover spikes from Era One, so there's always a chance they just use. But they degrade over time outside of a person. Yeah, Colos can reuse spikes because there's no there's no power, like there's no actual power to them there's they're just yes is hemallergical spike like there there is piece of soul attached and that's all that's all that needs and then the um those guys the other guys the chondra no chondra. yes the chondra yes what yes. about the chondra their spikes don't degrade because they keep them in themselves the whole time as long as they're surrounded by flesh or blood or both they don't I degrade. think we need to know what kind of degradation we're talking about, like what the rate is. Is it just because it's freestanding and it just sort of, you know, loses investiture over time? Which sounds like that'd be the case because if it's within a chondra, it can't gate. What is the half-life okay, so, on a oh, hemolytic so, spike? So, yes, yeah. that's exactly what we're getting at. Because the the spikes for the chondra are and, and for the coloss are different from the spikes that are just giving people these powers, right? The, um... Like, because they're pretty much the, the Chondra same. have their... Well, the Chondra get their blessings from the spikes, so something about those spikes, and they had to get their spikes from the Lord Ruler, so the Lord Ruler was doing something to bless those spikes, you know what I'm saying? And then the Coloss spikes, yeah, they can get reused, but something about the spikes are turning the people big and blue and strong, and you know what I'm saying like so do the, you think the spikes the spikes can be sealed that, in some way well, yes maybe we uh, see it the, maybe with a little preservation no keep so it in the, a bucket the, of blood the spikes oh, that's that, true yeah oh yeah that's, that's a good point mike let me talk the the spikes that give people the ferrochemical and alimantic powers are coming from you know killing 
allomancers and ferrochemists. And so y- you see when Spook gets spiked, that's fun to say, when Spook gets spiked, he just gets a couple of allomantic powers, but this is the same method that we use to create Inquisitors. So like, we just, if we kept adding spikes, then eventually Spook would have been an Inquisitor, right? Is is that, yeah. am I correct there? Okay. Yeah. So that method of spiking is we don't know if those spikes get reused because we don't see that when inquisitors get made they they do a bunch of murdering and they make fresh ones and so we haven't seen it i'm not saying it can't happen but we haven't seen it so like we know the spikes degrade but we don't know how long it takes and i i've confused myself i don't know where i was trying to go with that i'm sorry so okay. so a few things so cola spikes are made from and this is in our spoiler discussion on discord as well um they're made from people who don't probably don't have any kind of ferrochemical or alimantic powers. Like it's just made from normal humans on Scadrill. Soil and um, spikes, yes. Yeah. So those definitely, I would say, would be different from any other uh, spike that is made for the Inquisitors. They're specifically stealing in the beginning just alimantic power, but eventually they also steal some ferrochemical um, abilities, and it's it's just transferring one particular ability to another person. And that transfer, I'd like to remind you guys, is connection. That is all it's doing. It's that it's changing the connection from one person to someone else now has a connection to the metal or whatever it is. In Um, Hero of Ages, we see spikes being made and then intentionally kept outside of a body to lose the power in order to surreptitiously spike people so that Ruin could influence them. Right, he doesn't want to give them powers, he just wants to have some influence. Right. And then, I believe in this book, we see um, Bleeder keeps keep spikes in buckets of blood to hold charge. She keeps hers charge. in the blood. So, I think the Chondra spikes are the same as the Inquisitor spikes. They're just, it's a certain metal, so it, it needs a certain ability. So I don't think it's just like, the, the ones that the Lord Ruler uses for the Chondra uh, that he designed, I think, are very specific powers that were taken. Like, certain Allomancers or something were used to make them. Or maybe uh, Frucamists, for all I know. Um, I think those are very similar to the ones used by the Inquisitors. Um, is It's just what I suspect. I don't think there's anything different. But if anything is different with the spikes, it definitely would be of preservation. Because that would be how you seal a spike so it doesn't lose any powers over time. Well, the Chondra keep their spikes in flesh all the time. Yeah, right. So they don't lose charge. Well, at one point, Tensoon does store uh, Orseer's spikes. We don't know how he stores those. I think in a bag. He gets them back, but that's the point. He stashes them somewhere in Hero of Ages. Yeah, so those weren't in flesh. Man, we sound like serial killers in this podcast way too often. How much do we that. sound like Tonk Fa? We we need a we need a scale of zero to Tonk Fa to determine how psychopathic we are. Today today we're like an eight out of ten Tonk Fa's. Today we have killed the monkey, but we haven't killed any peoples yet. <laughs> Tori is ramping it up to a nine out of ten Tonk Fa's all of a sudden. What? No, monkeys are an eight. Surely. <laughs> Just reinforcing my point. I mean, if it was an ape, sure, that's a nine. Oh my gosh, why am I in a podcast with you guys? No, it's fun. I'm only kidding. We have good fun here. I mean, ultimately, it's Brandon's fault, right? 
Like, he made us <laughs> yeah, this way. Yeah, let's blame Brandon for this discussion. Oh my gosh. Craig's like, why am I doing this with you? Oh, wait, that might that might take them off. Uh, I like you guys. No, no, I hope. Dear district attorney in the future, using this as evidence in my trial, this is a work of fiction that we are discussing. Um, I forget what else. I, there was something else I wanted to discuss, and now I don't, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Like, we were talking about Kolos and Hemallergy. Some good discussion there. We're sorry. You've thrown off the Emperor's Groove. And we have gone full circle. Oh, yeah. Emperor's New Groove is also added to the... Do we have a list somewhere? Is someone keeping track? Well, we had already said that Disney was part of the Cosmere, so that would include Emperor's New Groove. Okay. Can we, yeah. as can Disney, we, MCU, they're all freebies. Can we three all agree that Cusco is the best Disney princess? Absolutely. I'll have to think about it, but he's Craig, a king. I need you on board. He's not a king, he's an emperor. Well, yeah, he's an emperor. That's why I mean he's a ruler. Disney princesses are not rulers yet. And um, Kingdom Hearts Elsa's can, a queen. Kingdom Hearts can eat my butt. Alice is not a Disney princess. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, dude, if you want to get in that discussion, and they made Mulan a princess too, like it's di the Disney princess brand is different from being an actual princess. Then they need to change the name because words have meaning and value. If you want to know more about the requirements of being a princess, um, Matt Pat of Game Theory Legend has, has done a study of Disney princesses, what it means, how to become one. Um, it basically boils down to clothes and what, what sells for, for kids to buy. Like, that's all the Disney brand is. But, um, yeah, we have Mulan as a Disney princess. Um, I think Tiana counts. Like, I think that's fair because she does marry a prince. So I think I will counts. accept Mulan and Tiana on merit. I will not accept Alice on those on that criteria. So I'm looking up the official Disney princesses now. And of those that that are princesses, only Mulan is the one that isn't but she's still considered a disney princess um they used to have like tinkerbell and esmeralda and that was just uh, yeah tinkerbell's so character got... standards are different from disney standards tinkerbell they, they got some add, massive you know, whitewashing vanellope because she is an actual princess like what's up vanellope yeah yes. be... mm -hmm. vanellope is legit no when, what I'm saying regarding Tinkerbell is go watch Peter Pan. Go watch the original, fairly racist, animated Peter Pan. Uh-huh. And then watch what Disney has turned Tinkerbell into from there. It's well, it's wild. The, the, the Tinkerbell I know best is actually the representation from Hook. I like Hook as a Hook. The movie Hook is really good. If we want to talk live action Disney, Hook is like top tier. I love Hook. And it's a sequel, not a reboot. That is how it's done. It's considered one of Spielberg's worst films. Okay. It's, By who? Um, critics. Roger Ebert freaking hated Hook. Did he really? Yeah. I, I could have sworn that he liked it. Nope. Yeah, critics are dumb. There's many times that I diss with critics, and that's okay. That's fine. Anyway, uh, are, are we done? Because I can't remember what else I wanted to discuss this week. Yeah, I feel like we kind of ran the well dry there. Talked about Hemalurgy. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Thor is the best Disney princess, says uh, Ariel Lazarus on, on our chat. I agree. No, I it's agree. still Cusco. And then of the MCU, we got Loki, who is above Thor. Then maybe we can start talking about Thor. 
Fel Knight points out that Thor is best here for sure. Well, yeah. All right. Good night, everyone. Yeah. Good that's, night, Internet. <laughs> that's an episode. Bye, everybody. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.